dealing with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Learning about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Uh, hey, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Nice red, sporting the colors. I love it. We're going to have a great <laughs> time on this podcast today. Yeah, Doug Cole, the sales MBA guy, is in the house today. This is going to be a very, very helpful conversation. It's probably going to be one you're going to want to grab a notepad <laughs> for because you're going to get a ton of great ideas. We're excited. And by the way, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. Larry, this has just been such a fun month. We're coming off the Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat. Uh, we're right here in the heart of Q4. And it is so cool just seeing the community of authentic sales professionals in the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group working together, rallying together, cheering each other on to close out the year. And it's such a, it's just so, so much great energy in that group. I absolutely love it. I, I love the insiders group. First word that comes to mind is fellowship. And here at Selling from the Heart, especially in the insiders group, it's all about fellowship. I mean, we're coming together, whether you're a sales leader, you're a sales professional, we're all coming together to help each and every one of us become better at what we do. Absolutely. So, if you are listening in and go, wow, I'd like to be a part of something like that, come check it out. Join the Insiders Group. Uh, you can join absolutely free for 30 days. Just go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders and come hang out with us. It is an incredible experience. And uh, Larry, right now, when we talk about incredible experience, we've got to bridge through to the experience that we provide for our clients. And that has to do with our ability to drive value conversations, to drive meaningful business conversations. And that's why I'm so excited to have in the studio today, the sales MBA himself, Doug Cole. Welcome to Selling from the Heart. It's great to have you here. Hey, what's going on, man? Thank you so much, guys. You know, you make me feel so welcome as a Canadian with that bright red shirt. So thank you. <laughs> that's right. Larry, I, we're ganging I, up on you today. I, it's I, already, I already shared with Doug, anytime that Daryl gets a fellow Canadian on this podcast, Doug, it's like two against one and just relentless. So you got to be nice to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and as you know, Canadians are well known for their sadism and, and, and cruelty. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Just, just brutal. <laughs> I heard if we don't apologize at least yeah. three times, we're yeah. being passive aggressive. So hey, Doug, <laughs> Doug, welcome to the podcast. And I am genuinely sorry for Larry being here. But if you can get past that, I'm really curious as we start this conversation, what your answer is to the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers. And what that is, what does it mean to you, Doug, to sell from the heart? Yeah, when I think of any professional service, I think it has two, com when you think of excellence in any professional service, there are two components to it. There's a technical component and then there's a social component. I think it's a matter of mastering the technical details of your role. And then I think it's a matter of living the social purpose of that role. And to me, the social purpose of selling uh, is to 
improve the, the life and the experience of a customer. That's ultimately what one is trying to do if, if one is achieving excellence in sales. So that's that's what it means to me. Oh, this, this this is so good because it's so often, right? Hang out in sales for any length of time and we miss the purpose part of this because we're so focused on the product and the knowledge behind it and solutions in how this works that we forget the social component. I love that you brought it up in the way that you did because here at Selling from the Heart, Doug, we're all about discovering our why, you mm -hmm. know, why we do things, how we do things, which ties so well into purpose and what you just said. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. To, uh, I think that, um, you know, each of us has a, a personal theme, I guess, that uh, occupies a lot of our attention. In my case, you know, I've just really noticed from the time I got into sales and really bothered by the fact that sales has a bit of a bad rap, as we all know. Uh, and I just don't think that's justified. I think there are there are so many things about working in sales that really build your character and that make you not just a more effective professional, but actually make you a better human being. So mm -hmm. that's um, I think it's worth talking about. Well, I absolutely love that uh, perspective and I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, when it comes to developing personally as sales professionals, one of the things that I've been very passionate about is saying, yes, we need to work on our sales skills. Yes, we need to work on our, our inner work and, and purpose and all of that. But this, uh, this uh, concept of business acumen, mm. of being able to clearly not just understand our product, but understand the world of our prospect and our clients and, and be able to have valuable business conversation, mm. I think is a huge missing link overall in the sales profession and for the sales professionals that do dive in and up their game when it comes to being able to drive meaningful business conversation, it's a game changer for those reps because they stand out like, like stars in this world. And I'm curious your thoughts when you think about business acumen and the state of that inside the sales profession right now. Yeah, I, I think t to me, it boggles my mind that there is no agreed upon curriculum for a sales MBA. This is what actually one of this is one of the main reasons why I'm driven to, to write this book is that, mm -hmm. you know, for, for, for a profession that that involves so many people of the of the global professional workforce and is so central to our economies for there to be no apparent consensus uh, as to, you know, what are the underlying competencies with respect to business acumen that you need in a sales mm -hmm. role. I just I find it really strange, uh, you know, as an example, if you look at the roughly 4000 university college programs just in the US, you know, fewer than 10% of them have a sales program, you know, and look, I've done an MBA myself, uh, I've been through an MBA program at no point in that two year period that I get a single course on sales, uh, even though, presumably, if I were to become a an executive leader of a company, I would need to understand that I would need to understand mm -hmm. the growth function as a practitioner and as a leader. So I think it does relate to this point that I was mentioning at the outset, which is that sales has a bit of a reputation problem and business schools, generally speaking, are sort of prestige obsessed. You know, they focus on the professions like finance mm -hmm. consulting that are considered to be very prestigious and they focus on the functions and the roles that are also considered prestigious, right? And so that's that probably goes a long way to explaining why it hasn't been in MBA programs, but this is an obvious gap and I'm hoping to try to fill it. <laughs> oh, I think that's oh, fantastic. No, th this is this is huge because both Daryl and I came out of the Office Technology Channel and just a couple buzzwords that we were always coached on and things like that, which is going to hit home for a lot of our listeners and viewers 
is, uh, you know, what's your return on investment, right? We talk about return on investment. We're talking about this is going to help your bottom line. Mm. Well, what always stuck in the back of my head is, can you imagine somebody in finance going, can you please share with me <laughs> how you're going to help me with that bottom line? Mm. How is this going to impact? Right? What's this going to do to my return on investment? Can you walk me through that? And unfortunately, this is where we get salespeople just deer in headlights because yeah. we're just not focused on it. They become buzzwords. I think a lot of people know it. And I think this is what gets us to be and here at Selling from the Heart. Doug, we call them empty suits. This mm. is what gets people to look at you and view you as being an empty suit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of, um, I mean, the reality is that uh, a lot of sales folks, they, you know, they don't have a business education. And, and so they, a lot of people get into sales in a very sort of accidental way. You know, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't something that, I mean, that happened to me too. Right. So I, I'm, I'm proof of the same phenomenon. And uh, I, I think that, um, it's, you know, often they just, they just don't have the, the, the background to, to, to have those sorts of conversations in a credible way. Um, but it is, the, the, the industry is changing in such a way. I, I think that the, the demands on a sales role, particularly a B2B sales role, we should be clear, we're talking about someone who's selling to corporate buyers here. Mm -hmm. I mean, that person is just dealing with a, a, an ever increasing or, you know, ever inclining slope. Uh, of, of, of having to, that you have to ascend in order to get someone's attention and get them to, you know, to move, that uh, it requires a, a higher and higher level of skill to, to be effective and, and credible with corporate buyers these days. And so mm -hmm. I think, I think this kind of conversation is, is long overdue. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. So I'm curious, inside a sales MBA, if you were to, to put a program like that together, and I'm is very excited to dive into this book, and I know many of our listeners will be excited as well. Um, what do you think is the core curriculum? Like what, what would you put in there? <laughs> yeah. What, what Dr. are we going to learn? Cole. Yeah. Dr. Cole, Dr. <laughs> Doug Cole, you're on the School hot seat. In session. <laughs> what, what's in the uh, syllabus that... <laughs> What, what, uh, what do you think we need to be, what do you think schools yeah. need to be teaching when it comes to the sales MBA? Well, my opinion, my take on this, and, um, you know, it's just one man's take, but, but my take is that if you think about what's really going on in any B2B sales conversation, and you think about what's happening when you're watching someone who's really good at it, mm -hmm. uh, it does, it seems to me that, you know, each one of those conversations involves three overlapping dimensions uh, that the, the seller kind of needs to understand, first of all, what are the, what are the external dynamics here? H how is this company competing against other companies? What are its relative strengths and weaknesses and so forth? So that external piece needs to be understood. Mm -hmm. um, second of all, there's a, there's an organizational component. The, the seller needs to understand what are the themes that are top of mind, most dominant within this organization right now? Who are the leaders, socially speaking, within this company? We're driving the agenda, mm -hmm. and just understanding more of that of those organizational dynamics is the mm -hmm. second dimension. Mm -hmm. And then there is the third, which is the interpersonal dimension. It's it's the you know the the, the core truths about human psychology. What are the reasons why this person will or will not pay attention to me? How can I influence that? Mm. Uh, and so I think, so what I've done in my book is I, I, starting from that assumption that every sales conversation sort of touches on these three realms at the same time. What I do with the book is I break it up into a, a three-part structure. And so the first part is about becoming a strategist. And that is essentially better understanding these external dynamics and, and therefore knowing how to talk to your customer about that. 
the second section is called Becoming a Change Agent, and that's all about better understanding these organizational dynamics. Mm -hmm. And the third one is called Becoming a Decision Architect, and that's uh, bringing in a lot of, uh, of behavioral economics and psychology to understand how people decide. And so, so that's that's what I'm suggesting are the the kind of the first principles or the roots of excellence in B two B sales. Oh, I love the, it. This is I'm going to sign up. up. I'm in. See, What's Darryl, the tuition? Where do I go? Daryl's he's a geek, Doug. I'm telling you. I mean, he, I think it's fantastic. I mean, but no, I think it is too. I mean, if we can, I mean, if you'll indulge us just a little bit more, can you just peel this? Let's just peel each one of these back, if you will. Mm -hmm. Just give us the high flyover on this. On by the way, I think this is mission critical stuff. If you want to yeah. succeed moving forward in in the sales world today business acumen, business conversational skills are sorely lacking. This mm -hmm. is what's going to create differentiation. Can we continue to peel these back if, if you'll allow yeah. us? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, happy to. I mean, let's just take them one by one. Let's start with mm -hmm. the, the first realm of, of the, you know, the external dynamics of becoming a strategist. So the way to think about this, I think, is so first of all, to just we need to sort of address the elephant in the room here, which is that the term itself, strategy, is just another one of these buzzwords, right? People use right. that word all the time. It just basically means higher level thinking. You know, when, when people use that the, the word, that's what they mean. But that's not, it's not really helpful if you're trying to become more strategic. You, you need to understand what is a business strategy, what makes a business strategy. And, and so what I do is I, I, I try to boil that down to two questions. Um, this whole book is in many ways an exercise in radical simplification of complex ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so with, with respect to this first realm uh, and strategy, what I'm saying, there are two questions. One is, where does this company compete and how do they win? And the reason why those are such critical strategic questions is that a strategy, in essence, is about making a hard choice. It's about, it's about a company deciding we do not want to go after all these potential markets, these potential buyers, these potential geographies, these potential verticals, whatever. We do want to go after this particular space. That is right. what we've we decided. So that, that is where we are deciding to compete. That's the choice we've made. That, that is the trade-off we're comfortable with. Um, so that's why the first question is, where do they compete? You need to understand that. What are those choices and trade-offs? And then the second question is, how do they win? And that requires you to understand the relative positioning of this company compared to other uh, other companies who do what they do and who offer something similar as a product or service. What is it that's different about this, this company? And if you think about those two questions and what they mean for a seller, imagine that you as a seller can credibly speak to both of those questions. You have a clear sense of where this company competes. You're equally clear on what it's gonna take for this company to win in that external environment. And you can connect that to the value of your product or service. That all of a sudden is a legitimate strategic conversation. That, that suddenly is a conversation where you do belong in the boardroom and you do belong at the table with very senior people because you're talking their language in a way that many sellers simply can't. So that's what I'm talking that's that's what I'm talking about in in the first realm. Yeah, and I want to put a highlighter on that because I think what's interesting about that level of conversation a lot of people a lot of sales uh, professionals you know if we're honest at moments have been kind of uh, concerned about being able to hold their own inside mm -hmm. a, a C-suite conversation. Mm -hmm. The reality is that is not a technical conversation. So, you know, this is this is a high level conversation about business strategy and about their their overall direction, where they're going, and, and having conversation at that level um, to me is a lot of fun. And it's also conversation that is um, 
doesn't have to be intimidating because it's not technical conversation, especially for our friends that are in tech, right? And you're worried about getting sucked under. You're going to get sucked under by that mid-level decision maker that you have to refer through to your solution specialists and architects and all of that. At this level, we're talking about business strategy, where you win, where your your high-level objectives are to go forward. And to me, that conversation is is coachable um, and doable for most salespeople. We just, I don't think a lot of sales teams have even just brought that into their realm of thinking and how they're, they're training and equipping their reps. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I'll tell you, I heard, I spoke to a, as part of the research for this book, I spoke to a top performer who mm-hmm. told me about the moment that she crossed this threshold, that she crossed the threshold that you're talking about, where she, mm-hmm. she used to think for, for many years that, you know, I, I can't really talk to senior people. I, it's sort of outside of my pay grade. It's, it's, it's not something that I'm comfortable with. I'm not really a, a quant jock or, you know, all kinds of reasons why she felt unsure of herself. And then she told me a story about how her, her worldview changed on this. She had, she had just started out in this new role and she was selling um, content. Let's just call it a content management system. I don't want to give away any client names or product names ever, but she's selling this content management solution. And the first thing she did was she decided to do research on this client. It's a large global company. And she went to their investor relations section and she watched a bunch of videos and she read some <laughs> transcripts and she saw, she noticed that in this one call with the executive team, one of the analysts from Wall Street asked a member of the executive team, why do people buy from you? That question, let's remind ourselves, is very, very similar to, you know, why, what will it take for them to win, right? Yep. And he said, uh, well, they, he said A, B, and C, and, and C was he made some reference to it's because they see us as trusted advisors. And she thought to herself, okay, well, that's interesting. I'm selling a content management solution. So I would imagine that if this executive believes that that's a competitive advantage for this company, then I need to go and talk to the people in the front lines and actually test whether they feel they are being able to position themselves as trusted advisors because they have the content that they need at the right time in the right way to support value-added discussions with their clients, right? So she went and she talked to a whole bunch of people in the front lines and very quickly she figured out that they did not feel that they had the content that they required in order to position themselves as trusted advisors. And so she was able to put together the bare bones of the story and to send this out as part of her outreach to a bunch of senior people, including the VP of marketing and say, listen, as I understand it, your strategy is this, You, you are trying to compete on this basis. And so what I've done is I've done some research and I've spoken to a whole bunch of people and I've asked them whether that's true. They've all said that it's not true. And in fact, I have I have some analyst reports which further support the fact that this is a gap in the business. What we do is we help clients with precisely this problem. And I have other case studies that can show how we can close away. That's how she got the sale. You know, it, it was that was a strategic conversation. Right. And and it wasn't because she was pouring through spreadsheets and it wasn't because she, you know, had to get to quickly shore up her technical chops or anything like that. It was it was a simple focus on that competitive piece. You know what? You know what I love about this is um, you brought up investor relations and Daryl. You know, a lot of times when we do coaching with salespeople and all this, I love the term Daryl uses, right? MBA in a box, and does a wonderful job at it. Is 
you can learn so much if you just go to the investor relations page on a company's website. Right. Now, if they're not public, you can still, it may take you a little bit longer, but a couple of clicks and a couple mm -hmm. Google searches, you could start finding all this out. I'm not yeah. the smartest person out there by no means, right? But they're serving you up the questions to ask these executives. What it does is shows that you paid attention. They're going to perk up. You lean in, you ask the question, you listen, and you continue to peel this back. And before you know it, you're having executive level conversations and you didn't even know it. Yeah. I can give you another quick hack as well. Uh, one that I've used many, many times or uh, pointed out to people on several occasions. If you are dealing with a public company, you pull the 10K report, the 10K report, <laughs> the, the 10K report gives you a description of their business. So you know exactly what business they're in. You don't fall into the trap of making some generic assumption about what these folks do to make money. And right after that description of the business, the section two in a 10K is called risks. And it goes and it defines what the executive team believes as the key risks for that business. It's always worth reading what the leadership has identified as risks and figure out how you can mitigate them if possible. Brilliant. Bingo. Oh, Daryl smiling. Yeah. And this is this, all of this, I love this sales MBA uh, concept. So let's get to point number two and think through this together as well. This is a fantastic conversation, Doug. What's point number two? Yeah, so the second realm, uh, the second section is called becoming a change agent. And the basic premise behind this section is that many, many of us in sales, when we are working with a client who seems resistant to whatever it is we're trying to promote, our immediate inclination is to assume, well, there's something wrong with this person. This person is behind <laughs> the times, doesn't get it. You know, what the hell? I want to shake this person by the collar or something. You know, and the reality is that um, that's just a very narrow and short-sighted way to view how change happens. Change yeah. is not a people problem. It's a, it's a, it's a situation problem. And it, it requires an understanding of, of the components that lead to change in an organization. What I do in this section, just as in the previous section, is I try to reduce the problem down to two key questions. And those key questions are, where is the energy for change coming from? And how can I feed that energy? Those, mm. are most, those are the most two important questions to ask. You do not want to be asking yourself, where do I need to disprove what happens to be considered important at this time? Where do I need to change someone's mind? That's not what we mean by being a change agent. What I'm talking about is identifying that pre-existing energy source and feeding it, fanning it. And so in this particular case, what I do in that section is I, I talk about a, a systematic framework, which is not mine, it's just sort of co cobbled together from best in class examples and resources that I'm, that I'm using. But the framework talks about three dimensions of change. There's a social dimension, there's a, there, sorry, there's a personal dimension, a social dimension, and a structural dimension. So personal refers to these sort of clear and unambiguous objectives that people have that you want to tap into. Social refers to you know, the voices within that company that set the pace and the tone. How can you deliberately recruit those voices? Mm -hmm. And structural refers to what's the environment that shapes people's choice and priorities. Think about the technical systems, the regular meetings, the things that are part of their everyday experience where you can build some kind of surrogate presence as a sales team. So um, that's what I'm doing in, that, in this section is just sort of walking, taking a very systematic approach, approach to change as being a situation problem as opposed to a personal problem. Which which will allow people to to harness some of that pre-existing energy in the company. Oh. And so powerful. And I, it just reminds me of the data that I've seen all types of data, but I'm thinking of a Gartner report I read recently that 
38% of deals are stuck in the pipeline, never to go anywhere. And it's, it's this ability to build motion consensus to move forward. That is, you know, so lacking was just having that conversation this morning with a tech company going, Hey, stuff stuck in the pipeline. What are you going to do? Well, is there a business case for it? And do you have, uh, you know, do you have the the ability to get consensus and move forward? And mm. uh, if you can't answer those two questions about a deal in your pipeline, you know, you need to put it over in the um, the hope line. Right? <laughs> I hope this closes. It's probably not going to close. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. Well, let's let's cover the third realm, and and this is such a powerful conversation. I know everyone is going to want to get a copy of the sales MBA. So. Let's uh, let's get this third realm, and and then I want to hear more about how we can get more engaged with you. Yeah, well, the the third realm, or the third section rather, is called uh, becoming a decision architect. And so, my starting point for this section is to point out the fact that there's a there's a remarkable similarity between what a salesperson is trying to do and how this whole academic field called behavioral economics talks about human psychology. Right. Behavioral economics, if you don't know what that term means, it's probably another buzzword. But, but, <laughs> but, but behavioral economics is, is, is a reason. Basically, this community was sort of born academically a couple of decades ago. And the reason was that they were pushing back against the traditional assumptions uh, behind most of economics until that time. People used to assume that if you looked at the individual or sort of aggregate level, that decisions were largely made according to rational criteria. And people like Richard Thaler and Daniel Kahneman and Daniel Ariely and, and all the godfathers of behavioral economics, they said, no, that's clearly not true. And we have all kinds of evidence to show just how irrational humans are. Mm-hmm. But to bring it back to sales, what they what they pointed out was that all of us as humans, we're limited in the way we we're sort of systematically biased and, and constrained in terms of how we decide based on bounds of attention, bounds of rationality and bounds of self-interest. These are limits on our And if you think about what a salesperson is trying to do, a salesperson is operating within each of those bounds. Your very first responsibility is to try to get someone's attention. So you're working within bounds of attention. Your second responsibility is to try to get that person to make a judgment about your product or service. So you're operating within bounds of rationality in terms of how they assess your your product or service. And then the third is you want to get that person to act, to move, to do something. And that's all about working within bounds of self-interest. So what I do in this section is I sort of sort of really lay it out how this, you know, this is the nature of our challenge. And I try to give people some practical principles to apply within each of these three, three realms. So, you know, there are two in each six in total. Uh, and that's, that's what I do in that section. Yeah, fantastic. Well, this is, this, this hey, this is this is more than a sales MBA. This is like doctoral stuff. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> sales PhD. That's that's that that's level two on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the second version of your book, right, Doug? <laughs> that's sales right, PhD. Yeah. That's there right. you go. There is I just gave you a title. Or maybe it's the, the the sales executive MBA. Who knows? You know? There you go. <laughs> I absolutely love this. Doug, um, what an amazing conversation. And and uh, I know this is going to spark so many threads of, of um, dialogue inside our community here at the podcast. So thank you so much. How can people get more Doug Cole in their life and get their hands on the sales MBA? Uh, probably two, I would make two recommendations. So, I mean, outside of buying the book on, on Amazon, I would say go to the salesmba.ca can sign up for a newsletter there. Awesome. Uh, check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. We can always connect and we can stay connected there too. 
Awesome. That was good stuff. I yeah. appreciate you, Doug. This is awesome. Now I have now I have an MBA in business acumen and business Dude. conversational skills. All Dude, more power you gotta go to class, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> You just read the syllabus. He got to do the work. Oh, <laughs> Doug, no, thank you so much. My, now I'm dating myself. But I really, <laughs> hey, Doug, really quick. It's like you, you may not even know. You know going to high school, I wanted the Cliff Notes version of everything. I didn't want to read the book. I just wanted the Cliff Notes. This is good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to give a version of that. You know, I, I've written the book in a very concise manner, you know, and as I said, trying to radically simplify things. So hopefully, <laughs> we, hopefully we can meet in the middle somehow. You know? That's so great. Good. Doug, thank you so much. What an incredible conversation. Appreciate you sharing time with yeah, us today. Loved it. Talk to thank you soon. You guys. Thank you. <laughs> what, Larry, it's time to check in and go to school. You've got, I want, I, this isn't an honorary in, MBA. You're going to have to do your work. But, you know, and I think that's the, actually the point behind all of this is if we want to up our game to the next level, especially for our friends that are in the B2B space, the the three areas that, that Doug was talking about here today are so critical being able to look at deals from a business perspective being able to help motivate change and and the behavioral econ economic side just <laughs> shout out to our friend don barden on that maybe you think of don tip of yeah, the hat to you if you're listening but you know all of this is is really around what we've been saying at selling from the heart from the beginning and that is you know keep adding meaningful value keep growing in that area and uh, the things that, that doug talked about today are just incredibly powerful journeys uh, for all of us to be taking as we work to become more authentic as sales professionals it's so true and, and i just want all of our listeners and all the viewers who are watching us on youtube to really key in on this just for a second is i know you all want a seat at the business table that's mm -hmm. where the action happens but in order for that to occur, you got to raise the game. And I just absolutely love what Doug had brought to the table. And unfortunately, this is why a lot of salespeople are caught at lower level and mid-level decision makers is that's where the comfort zone lies because they haven't pushed themselves past that point to self-educate themselves and move upstream because this is what will actually move deals faster. Absolutely. What a great conversation. Huge shout out to Doug. Huge shout out to everybody in the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. If you are looking for a community of sales professionals to hang out and be inspired and motivated by other sales professionals that, are, that want to up their game, uh, whether it comes to building authentic relationships, delivering meaningful value, you're going to love the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. So, hey, take the podcast to the next level and come hang out with us in the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. It's really going to come to life for you. No, th this is all good. And by the way, click subscribe right now on YouTube and you can catch us on YouTube. We do we do a lot of work with these faces. And hair and makeup. And it's, uh, yeah, Amazing. we don't want all of this, uh, this production work to go to waste. <laughs> hey, thank you, everybody. It's an incredible honor uh, being a part of this movement of authenticity in the sales profession. We've got an incredible fall coming up and all through this winter, they, through Q4 and on into some exciting things we'll be announcing in January. You want to stay tuned. So make sure to like or subscribe. And uh, thank you to everybody who's leaving us reviews on whatever platform on which you listen to this podcast. It helps us spread the word. So till next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value. 
get your sales MBA, and most of all, sell from the heart.